Welcome back to Soul Back. This is your host, Kyle. I've got Tom and Ed with me. Welcome to another week of R&B. What's going on, guys? What's up, Playa? Speaking of weeks, this has been a very exhausting, insane week in the world of music. Oh, my goodness. I'm back, guys. I took a week off. Uh, I heard I missed some good stuff with Pleasure P, but uh, I'm back to join in on the fun. And you came in right at the same at the right time. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that you show up the same week that we have Stokely in the building. Tom, is this a coincidence? Not a coincidence at all. You shouldn't expect anything less on the Soulback podcast and the greats. Yes, sir. Players, I've been hyped about this one for a long time. Your boy's ready to stand out over one of the best of all time. Yeah, we got to find out who did a better cover of Pretty Brown Eyes, Trey Songs or Chris Brown, VA's finest oh, duo. Players, <laughs> listen, you are, you are not embarrassing me today. We are going to put the muggle on you. Oh, my gosh. Two minutes all in, right, here all. we go. Uh, well, we have a lot to talk about in R&B as we normally do, um, but I want to first off start off with our fan love segment, if I can get into that really quickly. I mean, we have so many albums that we want to talk about, but this one comes from one of our listeners, guys. He wanted us to mention that uh, he grew up listening to the New Edition album, uh, I'm scrolling through it right now, the Home Again album. He's only 25 years old, but that was his first album ever. What did you guys remember about that album, Ed? Oh, that was a big thing at the time. Home Again was the big reunion album. Puff was kind of, I think he might have been involved at the time. This was kind of like 96 or so. I'm sure Derek Dunn, long-time listener, will come in and correct us in the comments. <laughs> but um, that album, it was a lot of buzz behind that album. And my favorite song still is the remix to You Don't Have to Worry with Missy Elliott on it. So know that album very, very well. And it's a very good one. Props to our, our, props to our fan for uh, being a real fan of R&B. His parents must have raised him well for him to discover that album at such a young age. Yes, put him on yep. the good stuff. Shout-outs to Wilt is the best, and he also made a very interesting comment, and we can talk about it later, but he says the reason why there are no groups in the industry and everyone wants to be a solo star is because no one wants to play the role of the lesser-known members, such as Mr. Dalvin, Biv, and the white guy from All for One. <laughs> <laughs> the white Biv. guy from All for One. I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> legit argument because a lot of people get in it there was a time when people got into the industry because they love music. Now people get into the industry because they want to be superstars, and it's hard to be a star when you're buried behind somebody. Everybody wants to be Cisco. Nobody wants to be Woody. So that's just how it is. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot, Ed, and give a real-time example. We love Mink Condition and Stokely. Name and How many other members can you name? Oh, Lord. Don't put a play on the spot like that. <laughs> That your boy struggles with, but you again, you know Stokely because he is the, you know, the front runner of that group. So it's a good point, and especially well, in this you know, day and age, it, it doesn't look too good on the gram to be a backup member of anything. So you know, you got to right, front at all times. Stunning for the gram. Well, it, that's how we do. Well, well there's a count that I know Kerry Lewis because I think he was married to Tony Braxton once upon a time. Oh yeah, Kerry Lewis, you are correct there, but I don't think he's there. You a go. Member. He's not. No. <laughs> All right, let's focus in on the new music that we have uh, that just came out last week. Tamia put out her new record with Salam Remy. Man, the production on that song is fire. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was fire. And speaking of fire, I think that is the direction for the new album. It's um uh the name of it is the name of the single, of course, is Leave Me Smoking. But the album itself, I'm blanking on the name, but it's kind of fire-themed as well. Something like Keep the Fire Burning. You remember what it is, Kyle? Um, uh, I slipped out of my mind, Tom. Uh, passion Like Fire. That's it. There See, you go. But yeah, that's why we I have three of us. Some fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I tell yeah, you guys, I though? I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm a little surprised to see Tamiya come back like this um, just because you know, with the direction R&B is going, I wasn't sure an, an artist like Tamia would really come back. Not not that it's been so soon. Her last album was 2015. But it's almost like you never know what to expect from someone like her if she'll even come back 
at all. I mean, she doesn't need to in the position she's in in life. So I found it cool that she still, you know, has passion to release music. And she's doing it with the sound that made her a star, and she's not really trying to kind of co-op anybody else's sound, at least from the looks and sounds of this first single. So to me, her fans out there are hyped, and I am one of them. Well, first off, I want to say I'm so thankful that the record isn't your typical piano ballad. I just have to put that out there because you know how I feel about those. Um, but the record is fresh, and she's on an independent again. She's on E1. She had that situation with Def Jam, which, you know, I, I think sales-wise, it didn't work out. But the music that she was able to put together on a major, that was a great album. So it'll be interesting to see what she does now that she's back on an independent. I know she's had some success with that. But, man, this record, it, it was so fresh and, like, um, I wasn't really expecting that from Tamiya, and she delivered. Nor was I. But but then again, she's an artist that you never want to underestimate. So it doesn't surprise me that we got an, out a song of this quality. But then again, it shocks me a little bit to what Tom was saying. It's not some like, we weren't really expecting, oh, we can't wait for that new Tamiya project, because we know she's good in her world. If we get new music, great. But she's not someone we're just kind of waiting with bated breath. But whenever she comes through, she never disappoints. Real quick, both of you guys. Tamiya, Living Legends. Mm. Oh, come on. Mm. Forget it. Moving on. Moving on. We're not going to debate. I I keep it real. And I think, and I just wrote a couple weeks ago my retrospective of 1998. And her first album celebrates 20 years this year. I still think her debut is a five-star debut. I still struggle to call her a living legend, though, just when it comes to influence. I don't know if the influence is there. Fair enough. Well, she's Canadian, so she's a legend in my eyes, no matter what she does. I will say, I don't know what y'all feed them up there, but those ladies from Canada be singing. Yes, sir. Um, got another. I got an album that came out actually. Bridget Kelly. This one came out of nowhere. Well, I guess it didn't come out of nowhere, but it kind of surprised us. Her album Reality Bites. Now, Tom, this is an artist that you've covered for many, many years now in New York. Aren't you happy that her time has finally come? Yeah, I just wish it came up with a little more fanfare. Unless I'm totally missing the fanfare because I don't watch reality TV. I know she's on Love and Hip Hop. So maybe that's where the promotion came into play. But, I mean, it was kind of announced a while back. I thought, you know, there would be more of a, a, a proper setup. I guess people aren't really using radio as a campaign these days, you know, getting the buzz going with a radio single. It's just maybe we're just adapting to that time. But I am glad to see her keep releasing new music. And I'm, I know both of you guys heard some good things when hearing that album. Yep, I certainly did. I was a huge Bridget Kelly fan when she came on with Special Delivery way back when. I thought that she was next up. And as she talked about in like the first track of the album, the things didn't work out for her, and she takes full responsibility for it. She doesn't blame anybody. She's like, it's my fault. So this is kind of her redemption. And the album is very solid. The first half is very good. The second half gets a little too predictable, so it kind of... I don't know, the flow kind of dips down a little bit, so that was a slight disappointment. But overall, it was a good project. And honestly, if it wasn't for, um, shout out my boy Dollar on Twitter, if it wasn't for him, I didn't even know it was released. Man, can I say something? And I don't say this normally, but the record In the Gray, man, my wig was snatched on that song. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, that is an amazing song. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's better, that song or the Latoya and Ludacris song in the gray? Oh, player, I knew you were going to go for me with that one. Um, uh, I think the better performed song would be Bridget's, but because that one's still so new to me, I had to go with um, Latoya's because I'm still rocking that one even a couple years later. So I think Bridget, though, when it comes down to structure and note for note, she might have it. I'll be honest with you guys. When I saw the track list, I was like, oh, boy, we have another one of those situations like we had with Jay Holiday where they just snatched up the song from LaToya and gave it to Bridget Kelly. You never know. No, I thought that, too. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going to call Jay Holiday. He's going to be pissed. But no. 
Whole new song. Don't worry. Listen, Pleasure P kept it real with us last week. He said that producers need to get paid, so you got to do it in any means necessary. Hmm. Um, now, let's talk about Janelle Monet. Ed, you did an album review on this album, on this CD, and you love it. I absolutely love it. And leading up to this album, as many people know who follow me on social media and so on stereo, I really wasn't feeling the singles individually. I thought they were okay, but they didn't grab me like some of her earlier work did. But this album is proof that the art of the album still lives, and it means so much to have an album with good sequencing and good structure and having songs flow into one another, because when you put all those songs into one package, it's tremendous. And that is why the album works so well, as one big narrative. So when you put it to that, that together, it's unbeatable. To me, it's the best album I've heard so far in 2018. But amazingly, it's probably my least favorite Janelle album. It's a lot, it's a lot more 80s pop than I usually like, but it's still just so undeniably fun going to be hard to beat this one for album of the year. Now, tell them, on this album, um, Janelle has a song called uh, I Got the Juice with um, our savior and hero Pharrell. And on hmm. Justin Timberlake's album, if you remember, he had a song called Sauce. And in the intro, it said, uh, Juice is temporary, sauce is forever. So am I supposed to listen to Justin Timberlake or am I supposed to listen to Pharrell? Like, what's better, sauce or juice? What's going on? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think you should concern yourself with these types of things. Just enjoy the music. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> this player just asked what was better, sauce or juice. <laughs> What's the answer? Well, I'll tell you for one thing. When I eat my spaghetti, I don't use any sauce. Oh, but my I do have a, God. But I do usually have a glass of juice with the meal, if that means oh, anything. Player, are you really eating naked spaghetti? A little, a little salt and pepper if he's feeling frisky. Yeah, a little butter sauce, <laughs> light butter sauce, you know. Oh, oh, oh. I really swear oh. that Tom's tongue is just made out of tree bark. Like it is, there's absolutely <laughs> no taste buds on that thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I got some interesting tour news for you guys. You guys are aware of the whole '90s block party situation that's going on with all of our favorite '90s acts, right? That tour that's going on. Oh, yes. We've talked about it many times. So this one is interesting. I was going through my Instagram, and it looks like Drew Hill has been bringing out Smokey and Black from the group Playa, I guess to celebrate 20 years of Cheers to You, but they're, they've been bringing uh, Playa on the road with them. And I think that's super dope of them to, you know, like Pleasure said last week, we got to work together because no one else is going to support us but each other. Um, but what's interesting is, you see Smokey, you see Black, you see Cisco, Nokio, Tail, but Jazz is missing. Where is Jazz? Well, I mean, I remember when I saw Drew Hill live, Jazz unfortunately had to sit a couple songs out here and there on the side. He just wasn't in great shape, and uh, I don't know if he's not there altogether. He might be just in the background. He gives, lets them take a, you know, takes a breather. It was a little odd to see. I still understand what Drew Hill is, um, you know, it just seems an, like an odd pairing. I know Nokio had their relationship with with uh, Def Soul and Playa, but, man, it was interesting. It's cool, though. As a fan, it's cool. It's really cool. I love this incarnation of Playa Hill. But, as Tom said, it is kind of sad. I have heard rumors of Jazz having really failing health issues, and there was a point around 2000, 2001, that I really thought he was going to be the breakout voice of the group. I know Cisco would be the breakout entertainer, but I'm saying the breakout voice. I just knew it would be jazz. So it kind of hurts my heart that he has issues going on and he can't really enjoy kind of this 90s revival that we're seeing. Man, well, if anyone has any news on jazz or what's going on with him, we'd love to find out because one of the most talented R&B vocalists in the game. So shout-outs to jazz. Now, I want to quickly go into the Play a Please Award. Um, there's so many ways I can put this, but I'm going to just ask you guys both. Are you guys moving to Canada in the coming years when Kanye West becomes your president? No, <laughs> uh, I might. Be, listen, I'm going to get my passport in a few days. It takes like 90 days to get it. I might as well go on and put in the work to get that done because if 
prime is President Ye is in my future. It's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how that would turn out positively. But I, like I was telling Ed, I can see a scenario where people would be dumb enough to vote for him, unfortunately, so that scares me. Absolutely they would be dumb enough because you've seen so many of these fans still today making excuses for this dude. This dude could literally spit in their face and they'd be like, well, he made college dropout. He's okay with me. Player, it's been 10 <laughs> years since we got a decent album from the dude. Be real with it. It's over. Yep. Um, well, we got to give John, John Legend a shout out because he tried uh, saving us from this and he got shut down by Kanye. Hey, listen, let me put this on blast now. If I am having a personal conversation with either of you and you screenshot it and put it on Twitter, I am coming to your house to personally deliver <laughs> your hands. <laughs> style. You getting both of them at the same time. What? How? I mean, these, they have gone back how many years? You're going to put that man on blast like that? Then drop that whack song with T.I. where he's trying to give his side of the story. And politics aside, it's just a horrible song. Absolutely no flow to it. He's just rambling like some old man at the barbershop. It is terrible. Kanye is canceled. <laughs> Jeez. But he did make some good Brandy songs back in the day, so shout out to Kanye. In 2004. Those songs are banging. Like saying, shout out to Kanye. In 2004. <laughs> it's like saying Trump's a good president because he was in Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic movie, man. It is, but the Trump ain't. Classic garbage. <laughs> Everybody's garbage. I'm in a mood today, play. I hope Stokely wakes me up. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, we're going to have Stokely in the building now. Like I said, another episode, another special guest. Tom, we have a very special guest with us today. Who's the who's who's on the podcast today? Yeah, we're really fortunate to have Stokely of Men Condition with us, one of the top male vocalists easily of all time in R&B, up from the legendary group Men Condition. You know, he just made a huge impact with his solo album, and we're really Glad to have some time with them. So, Stokely, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Stokely, we got to get this started right away. So, Ed, he's from VA, um, and VA has birthed some of the greatest R&B artists, Trey Songs and Chris Brown being two, and they both <laughs> did a cover of Pretty Brown Eyes on separate occasions. To you, which is the better cover? Um... <sighs> <laughs> You know, I I I don't know. <laughs> I think they both I, I I think they both did a good job. Um, it's it's one of those things where it, depending on who you talk to, like a lot of fans, I, I think they're both good. I don't know. I I can't. I don't like one more than the other. I should say. I, it's cool that they're doing it. I think more so if you ask other fans, there will be more like you know the song is sacred. Don't touch it. You know, which I understand. Yeah. But you know. Time marches on, and, you know, whoever discovers your music, whenever they get into it is, you know, when it happens. So, and that's the, their, their interpretation of it. So, um, I'm just, uh, I'm delighted to have people kind of coming on whenever they get on the on the train. And it's it's cool. Both of them are cool. So, I, don't, I can't really rate them as, like, which one is better. I don't really, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm uh, applaud my man Stoke for um, being politically correct there because I'm kind of like the other side. You don't mess with the classics. I want to hear the classics, so <laughs> I'm just chilling over here. I, I get it. I get All right, so Sto Stokely, man, we really applaud you for what you did with your, your debut solo album, Introducing Stokely. You know, many R&B fans have been waiting, you know, decades, it's safe to say, for you to come out with this solo project, and it was worth the wait. I mean, Level, we had as one of our top songs, you know, of the year when it came out. And the album was just it was just really solid overall. But we just want to hear from you. What was the feeling like? You know, you were doing a lot of performances following the album by yourself. What was the feeling like performing as a solo artist and not having the band with you? Well, uh, not having uh, my the familiar faces that people know and that I I know is um, always is something you miss. But it was a natural progression for me. I think it's um. 
I, I expected it to feel a lot different, but it wasn't just because I have, you know, uh, the setup. I still have like a sort of classic, you know, instruments, of course, drums, bass, guitar, and all these different things. Um, uh, two background vocalists, which are um, they're amazing. And so I think it, it's just kind of a natural progression. So what it didn't feel all the way too different. But of course, I miss the, the energy of, of the fellas and that thing. But this is this just has a different energy. It feels uh, to me it's just a different way of working, a different way of expressing myself. I'm able to get more into it, and for the fans to kind of uh, you know see what's what's going on with where I'm at right now in my life and my you know um, uh, the direction I'm going. So I'm glad that everybody's been resonating with it has come on board. So I'm, I'm really really excited. Now, Ed, um, you know, you grew up on Mint Condition, so, so to see Stokely go from Mint Condition, the group, to solo, mm-hmm. like, what was that journey for you, like, as a fan? As a fan, it was a long time coming, because I remember when, like, RU3 and and Pretty Brown Eyes, I remember when those songs debuted, and it just seemed like, especially in the 90s, a lot of those artists, those lead vocalists, would go on to solo careers. But Stokely was one that always stuck with the group, and we just knew it was coming, it was coming, it was coming. And what made it magical that we got it when we got it is because R&B was at a point where the competition was low, there was space for a veteran to come in and really hit hard and remind us why they why he is a veteran. So to have that level of talent come in and drop an album that solid at that time is really what we needed. So it was not only nostalgic for fans like me that remember the Meant to Be Meant days, but for a fan that was kind of hungry for that sound again, it was all good. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Now, Stokely, let me ask you, you know, a lot of fans want to know what the plans are next for yourself as a solo artist and also the group. What do you think would come first, another solo album? Or the, another group album. Yeah, all I can say right now is this is this is where my heartbeat is. This is where my um, just what I'm feeling right now. Just wanted to work a, a, another way of doing. The understand for me, I've been on the, the journey with men. We've all been there uh, for like 32 years. It's been a long time. So um, I, I think um, as an artist, you want to express yourself differently. Um, and whenever, you know, whenever we come together, whenever that is, there's not really a, a time limit on it. It's just more so I'm, I'm moving as the spirit of what uh, God is telling me to do or, you know, what my, my spirit is telling me to do. Um, and it's like I said, it's just something that I felt for a long time. I wanted to um, just explore some different possibilities. I'm able to make music in a different way um, and uh, just see, see the world in a different way. So, I mean, I think it's, um, I'm not sure, like I said, when the, when the group is going to uh, do something, we're all, you know, we've got, you know, a lot of catalogs, you know, people have been exploring, you know, like you said, the Remy Moss and the Chris Browns and all these people of the world have been exploring uh, our catalog. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure that won't be the end of that. Uh, there'll be a lot of other people exploring it. So that's where it says everybody else has been, uh, from Mint has been uh, in different spaces right now. And, uh, you know, we're just uh, living life right now. This, I feel like this is just, I'm just getting my feet wet with this whole solo thing and really diving into that. So there'll definitely be more um, of that. You know, like it's the best way I can explain it. So, yeah, this is just kind of where my, my pulse is right now, wanting to explore this, this avenue. Cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, Sophie, last week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, now, Stokely, we had uh, Pleasure P from the group Pretty Ricky on here last week, and he was just talking to us about the challenges of maintaining a group. And, Ed, I mean, at this point in R&B, there's no R&B groups left. So, um, you know, Ed, maybe you can um, kind of reiterate what Pleasure was saying, and maybe, Stokely, you can chime in on that. Yeah, a lot of what Pleasure was saying, again, there was a time early, especially when we go into like the early 90s, the mid condition era, there were just groups on top of groups on top of groups on top of groups. But as we got closer to the 2000s and going into this decade, those groups just kind of vanished. And Pleasure was saying that it's unfortunately maybe a sign of the times where 
back then where it was about the music and you want to be together and you want to make the group, now everyone wants to be a solo artist. Everybody wants that own shine. So, Stokely, I ask you, why do you think that the groups have kind of diminished in these early, in these more recent years? Is it because people are looking for more solo success? Do people not know to have that group mentality anymore? What's up? Uh, I think it's a couple of different things. Um, I think, number one, what you see, uh, politically speaking, around in, in the world, in America at least, is there are, you know, when I grew up there, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that uh, it's like what's what we wanted to do. We grew up seeing groups like um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Ohio Players, mm-hmm. um, groups like that. And um, I'm sorry, I've got my GPS on at the same time. I'm fucking. Um, I think that the schools have gotten rid of the program, so you have to see it. I want to be it, I think, is one of the things. So I think having, you know, want to sing these groups for me, it's like we were seeing everybody, like, uh, you know, play a bass, play a bass guitar, play, a, uh, you know, playing drums, wanting to sing, and that kind of thing. So and wanting to do it as a unit, I think that was one of the main things that I saw um, disappear. And um, so with the influx of, like, DJing, because that, that's kind of what's in right now, DJing, you know, MC, of course, has been there. With the you know the hip hop community, that's just great. You know, it's, it continues as another branch off the uh, trio of African American music to push it forward. But the, the problem is, there's always you know there's a problem with balancing. You know what I mean? Um, there's always too much of one thing, and I think uh, with, well with the music in school, that's one thing. The other part is like when you have people on Madison Avenue, you know, market marketeers and whatnot, they're trying once they see something that works. They want to make a copy of a copy of an, of an original, you know. Mm-hmm. So what happens there is like it, it begins to flood the market, and then there's no balance. So there's a few things that are going on. I think um, the reason when you talk about like uh, Mint and you know there's a uh, when you came in when Mint Condition came in the game, that kind of group was on its way out. You know what I mean? Because it was like mm-hmm. it was more cost it was more cost efficient to move. I like a group like Boys and Men. Singing groups were on their way in. Boys and Men, Jodeci, et cetera, et cetera, um, those kinds of things. And we felt like we were like the, the Lone Rangers, us and Tony, Tony, Tony at the time. And mm-hmm. then it was just us for, for quite a while. So for me, I just felt like it was a necessary uh, energy to have because if you had solo artists galore everywhere, and that's one of the reasons I never really did anything, I just felt like it was a necessary uh, point to have us there. But the thing is, you have to, yes, it, it's in any group, it's, uh, there's challenges, you got, it's going to be difficulties um, in any family, you know, just moving forward and trying to uh, earn a living and trying to say something and uh, uh, have your, uh, keep your integrity about you. Um, but uh, the first thing you got to have is you got to have passion about what you're doing. We all had a common goal. And, uh, but if, if you don't have that, it's, it's just going to be it's gonna hard be hard to work, and we were able to work out the business that, in a way that was comfortable for us. A lot of times, you see one or two people making uh, the lion's share, and that's gonna create a little bit of uh, some corners, <laughs> some challenges there. So we decided you know, when we first started that you know we're gonna share this thing. That's part of it, you know, part of the whole thing. Because uh, if you know, like the great groups of the '70s and whatnot. The thing that uh, broke them up a lot of times was uh, the finances. You know, it's just the, the piece can the piece of the pie is only so big, and it just comes down to that sometimes. It's like you gotta feed your families and all that good stuff. So um, these are all part of the reasons that uh, bands can't steal. To this day, we're kind of an anomaly like that. What um, why they don't survive? And um, I think right now, like I said, it just for me, it just depends on each individual. For me, I just felt like there was uh, something for me to say. I got a couple more gears left um, while I'm healthy and, you know, relatively young to uh, go out and do what I need to do. But, yeah, it's definitely a challenge for any group. You definitely got to, you know, be of one mind, you know, move together and that kind of thing. It's very important to do that. 
Yeah, that point about the school system is fantastic. I hadn't thought of that, and I don't know if I've heard that before, but that's a very good point. Arts just is not taught like it used to be. No, you don't mm-hmm. see it. If you don't see it, you can't be it, man. I mean, if, if you're right. close to that, you know what I mean, uh, in band, in concert band. We had, you know, I had a, it was in a, I'm from a unique uh, high school. We had an actual recording studio in high school. We were all playing instruments and learning how, learning how to record technically. Concert band, we had steel pan. That's where I learned my, uh, had my steel drum experience. You know, so all these tactile experiences, I, you know, were right there in front of me every day. And plus, not to mention, Groups that I saw locally, it was like these lo- my local heroes, um, including Prince, people like that. Um, you saw it. So it was just like an immediate right in front of you. you could, okay, I can see I want to do this. You know what I mean? Uh, and now what they see, people, kids want to be what they see. You know what I mean? They see a DJ. I've got, I mentor a few kids now. It's like it's all about them. There's a couple of MCs. That's what they see, master of ceremonies. The best thing I can do is just make sure that they have the best musical uh, background uh, added on to what they want to do because this is another generation. And they have, they have to move it forward. They should move it forward to be better, to be uh, more creative, but uh, they got to be equipped. You know, a lot of the kids out here are not equipped, in my mind, you know, for what they're trying to, what they're trying to do. Let me ask you this, Stokely, something we debate so frequently, and you touched on it, you know, instruments and, and, and not being taught in school and kids not having that option, not seeing it. You know, we talk about how there's not a lot of instrumentation and musicality in the, in the new songs we're hearing from younger artists these days. And obviously that was one of Mink Condition's, you know, crowning jewels is so, so full of instrumentation and musicality. So, you know, people tend to say, yeah, things come and go in cycles. But from your perspective, do you see the musicality and the instrumentation coming back at all in the music in the, in the future at any point? Or is that kind of going to go the way of, I don't know, classical music and how that just died out and we just, you know, moved into something else? Well, I think another point I need to make is um, uh, these, all these technological advances that we've made. So how it goes is we have the Internet radio, right? And we have, you know, the classic, you know, um, uh, radio, how we would all receive music. And pretty much that was the gold standard back in the day. You heard everything on the radio. We, there was one place to go and consume your music. And, you know, the videos back in the MTV and all that stuff for, for that point, too. Uh, now there's a bunch of different portals you can go. So we didn't have to do anything to receive music back in the day. Now you actually have to work for it. So I say all that to say uh, there's a lot of great uh, musical acts out there. You just got to go search for it. There's a lot of people who really um, uh, who love chord changes and, you know, uh, all the musicality and all these different things, all these different genres all mashed up in one. You just have to go find it now. You're not going to find it on pop radio. You know, every once in a while you hear some people, you know, it might be a producer who's influenced by all the things that all the sensibilities that we're talking about now, and they'll mesh it in with whatever artists are producing. But that's here and there. For the most part, you'll hear like two, three chord changes, and you know they'll have a theme and they go with it. And that's, I love that stuff too. Again, I just I'd like to hear more of a balance. And everyone, when I hear that, like somebody like a Kendrick Lamar who's really creative, if you hear some of the music that he, uh, some of the landscapes that they create behind him, it's amazing. You know, you've got to move it forward. It's not going to be in the same way of, like, a mint condition as some of the things of, of, of the past or when. It's not going to be packaged in the same way. So sometimes we have to um, – I know people like what they like, and they just kind of re- – people want to receive the kind of music they want to receive, whatever moves them. But as an artist and a person who likes to explore, I think um, it kind of moves – helps move everything forward a little bit to um, be – you know, uh, part of the sensibilities that you, you know, whatever it is that you like, but also be open to other uh, forms coming in and moving it forward. But, yeah, I don't know if all that makes any sense. For all these, um... Absolutely. No, absolutely. Now, Stokely, can we talk about your production work a little bit outside of the group? Because you've done a lot of work outside of Mint Condition. Um, just talk about that a little bit and how you kind of got into that and how that's helped with your career along the way. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, the production is uh, since day one. Uh, first of all, that's something where uh, all of us we are producers in our own in our own right. All of um, all of um, uh, everybody in men condition, and we um, pride ourselves on that. I really love. Uh, I love analog and I love digital. I love both realms. And um, so that's just something I've always been interested in. I've always been, um, you know, we did stuff back in the day for um, uh, for different sound uh, uh, tracks and things like that. We were really privy to um, a lot of things like that, you know, through uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's uh, production company, you know, Flight Time. And so we exposed to all that and very influenced by what they were doing as well because they were, you know, top of the game and, and uh, doing everybody under the sun at that time, you know, and we grew up in a time where, you know, it was Jam and Lewis, it was Babyface in L.A. And, you know, we had, like, you know, Teddy Riley and all these different people. So the people that were creating the, the, the music behind these artists was amazing. Um, so we grew up and it was just natural for us to want, again, to do that kind of thing. We want to be in the in the production business. We were artists in our own right, but I think um it was just another uh another notch on the belt kind of thing. But it's something that would just uh that came naturally to us. It was something we wanted to we love producing, we wanted to produce our own stuff. Jam and Lowe's were like, Yeah, you can do that, you know, if it's good. And we kept listening and kept honing our skills. And that's the same thing, you just with all of us for me, same thing. I wanted to I would always um listen to other people around me, other musicians, and, um, yeah, it just kind of continued into, um, you know, um, all the people that you, uh, with Jill Scott or, you know, um, all the people that I've uh, worked with. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, we, we know that, you know, you were close with Prince and then, you know, obviously his, his death had an impact on all of us. Is there any story you can share with us, maybe one of Prince's lighter moments or something people wouldn't realize about him and, and your time spent with him? Um, man, I, the, the dude was just a incredible, <laughs> incredible genius, you know, the coolest genius to ever do it. Um, I just had I, the things that I'm just uh, going to miss that I always say, just, you know, uh, things that aren't so, um, um, I don't know, so dynamic, although it was dynamic to me, but just sitting down having a conversation with him about life or music or, you know, um, he was just so generous to, to me and meant, you know, taking us under his wing, even though we've been in the industry for a minute, but just, you know, taking him, uh, taking us with him around, you know, whether it be in, France or whether it be here in the States, um, when he did his stay at the, at the forum. I remember uh, we were actually going to, uh, the first time we did a, um, one of the times we did a, a thing with him at the forum, he was doing like, I don't know how many nights he did there. He was doing a residency in, in L.A. And we uh, were about to go out, we were just there, a little prayer, about to go out, and then I, he comes up, oh, did I miss the prayer and everything? And we're like, oh, you just missed it. And he's like, okay, we're going to go out here and do our thing. He's like, he says, uh, well, what song am I coming up on? We're like, what? And you want to come up? It's like, okay. So uh, he came up on a song called uh, Caught My Eye. And uh, it's on the, the 7 um, CD, Main Condition 7 CD. And um, we're like, okay, cool. He said, what key? We're like, key of E. He said, well, just point to you. He came up and just burned it up, of course. You know, crowd went crazy. And then he disappeared, descended back down in the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is dope. Yeah, it was it was it was a great moment, very great moment, and um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, one of the uh, I say one of one of the first times we actually formally met. We knew each other for of each other for years, of course, but in the same city, and a lot of uh, the musicians we knew were in his band, and he would come up, and, and we would hear little things he would say about the group. So he had, kind of had that competitive spirit about him, and so did we, and. Um, you know, we would hear it in rehearsals. He would do certain things. He'd be like, "Oh, man, condition can't do this." And you know, and then the next rehearsal, would be like, "Yo, look, we're trying to learn this song, and we're gonna make this kind of like a mink condition, uh, a mink condition esque uh, feel." You know, and this is through third party hearing these kinds of things. So it's really cool uh, to hear uh, some of those stories. And um, you know, just really gonna miss this dude, man, because he's um. 
He's truly uh, an island. There's nobody like him uh, ever. You know, just it's amazing. I have the opportunity now uh, for the last year to have been singing with uh, The Revolution. And that's definitely an honor with them in, in itself. And they realized that, you know, um, uh, I was kind of a two-way street, you know, respected Prince, respected me, uh, the group, men as well. And um, they, I think that's why I got the call to do that, which I was, you know, a little perplexed at the time. I didn't know how I was feeling about that. It's, the guy just passed away and, you know, all these celebrations and all these things were happening. And, uh, and of course, the revolution being the group that I looked up to, in fact, you know, uh, I think the Purple Rain will look at, you know, all of the uh, members in the group. It's like pretty amazing that to um, be a part of that, you know, be on stage with Whitney and Lisa and, you know, Brown Mark and Bobby Z and, you know, Dr. Fink. It's just like, I'm like, where am I? <laughs> what is this, you know? Why am I here? I never thought I'd be um, singing his songs, you know. So I just deliver them in the spirit of him. I'm not him. Never, no one can be that, but, you know, I just do me, and uh, the crowd seems to really uh, love it and appreciate it, and there's, you know, they're having a good time. It's more of a celebratory uh, kind of energy. Now, at first it was a little difficult, but um, I think now everybody's celebrating this man's great legacy, and I'm great, uh, glad to be a part of it, and I uh, was really glad to know him. His spirit's still here, so uh, we'll have, uh, forever salute him. It's amazing, man. Thank uh, you so, for sharing that. Yes, yeah, legendary mm -hmm. honor. Yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, another Ed, thing, I mean, which it, I'll add to that is, um, with this, one of the uh, what I can say is he, what I'm doing right now, and this is uh, one of the, it's, you know, one of the reasons I definitely felt like he's had his thumb on it. He was supposed to be a part of this. This is one of the things he, uh, you know, asked me like, well, when are you going to do something? And I'd already been in. Uh, working on this CD, this introduced the Stokely CD. And uh, he was like, uh, well, can I be a part of it? I was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, what? Are you, what are you talking about, man? Of course. So you know, just bring it to me when you're done, and we'll we'll figure out what to do from there and, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of different things, ideas we had and or he had, and, you know, we just started getting a lot of energy on it. And um, so it's one of those things, uh, one of the, the things that I feel – He's right here with me, got his thumb on it, along with me, moving it along. So um, I'm real happy and satisfied, you know, that he was even interested to even want to, you know, work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now, Ed, safe to say that uh, Stokely is one of the best male vocalists of our time? I think that's a pretty much a lot. Going all the way back to the 90s up until now, I think Stokely's name is always in the convo, and I don't think that's changed. So, Stokely, from your perspective, from these male R&B vocalists that you've seen um, from the time that you started till now, who are some that you look at and say, yeah, they're super talented? Are there any that come to mind? Uh, other singers? Yep. Uh, this there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I love, uh, like, some of the younger, I like people like Tank. Um, I think he's talented. I actually do like Chris Brown. I think uh, people concentrate on his dancing, but the stuff that I've heard, it kind of, I would like to hear him really do what I think he can do. Uh, of course, I still love, like, Bill Scott. I love my character. I love um, uh, uh, Beyonce. Of course, there's a lot of people out here moving. Uh, Anthony Hamilton, I love his 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 thing. Um, there's a lot of people out here moving, really doing it. Really great tones, great voices. Um, men and women, you know, old and new. Of course, the classics. You know, I love, still love Al Green. He's the cat. He really uh, did it for me. You know, old Maurice White and um, all these incredible. You know, Gladys Knight. So many. It's kind of literally. If you, I can, you know, just, you know, like a lot of people like, all day. A lot of people that have been influenced by, but there's a lot of younger people out here that are really, I uh, love the tone, I love the energy. Lettucey is another one who's, who's amazing. Lettucey actually on the, my first single level, she was, it was actually supposed to be a duet, and she's actually singing back on it, but they, we couldn't work it out with the label at the same time. She was coming up with something, so it's going to be a conflict. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, she's actually on the on the background, but we kept her there. I'm keeping you on the background, by the way. I never noticed that. That's crazy. Yeah, she's, she's a monster. She's an amazing, beautiful monster, they call her, yeah. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely cool that uh, you're staying in tune with what's been out and also what's new right now. That's dope. Mm, got to. Got to, man. Then uh, we just have one one more thing for you, then we'll let you get out of here. We like to ask every artist we have on this podcast, what is your drink of choice? You know, when you're at a show backstage or just kicking it back at home, what do you what do you go for? Oh, that's you don't want to hear that? That's boring, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it depends. I mean, most times I'm drinking some bottled water in a glass. <clears throat> um, okay. But, but if, oh. you know, if it's not, yeah, it's true. That's just boring. But other than that, man, uh, a kitty cocktail, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Our grand choice, you know, just summing up in Grenadine or something like that, where I'm not, I'm not much of a, um, I'm not like a brown liquor kind of dude, but I do like my my little wine every now and then, a little red wine. Fair enough. Well, Stokely I mean, like, already told y'all. Stokely likes to keep it organic. He already told y'all that, so yeah. let's not be surprised. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, uh, Stokely, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to add about anything we should look out for you got going on? Yeah, I mean, just more things coming up. I mean, I got stuff on development. I got some, some artists on to come up, you know, some people I'm developing. Um and if, I guess to find out, you just go to all my all my socials, which is Stokely Official. That's at you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and my um, website iStokely.com. That's the letter I S T O K L E Y dot com, and uh, find out how I'm moving. How I'm doing it. If I'm being in your city, come on out and check it out. Learn the songs so we can sing them together. I got you beat on that one. We good. Yeah, man. <laughs> Now, I want to thank Stokely for joining us on the Sewback Podcast. Man, another great guest, guys. Another great guest, another legend in the house. I mean, Sewback Podcast is racking up the legend. So, shout out to Stokely for coming through, and shout out to y'all for listening. Man, Tom, we keep coming with these uh, with these special guests, but I'm going to throw it to you. What is the Sewback track of the day? Man, you <laughs> can I go with a, a recent song? Is that fair, or does that have to be throwback? Do whatever you want. So I'm going with Level by Stokely, which was his single. It was his first solo single officially, which we had very highly in our countdown when we named our list last year. You know, it was just a great way for him to break out as a solo artist. I know some traditional fans were a little bit upset about it for some reason, but really liked that song and uh, really set up uh, big things for the album, which we really enjoyed as well, introducing Stokely. So I'm going with that one. That's a good pick. Absolutely. Now, Ed, what's going on with SoulInStereo.com? Oh, man. Always some hotness over at SoulInStereo.com. As we talked about a little bit earlier, if you missed our review of Janelle Monet's album, Dirty Computer, go check that out on the site. And as well, as we talked about uh, I guess it was last week or so this time. Also, some other reviews that you may have missed. We got Maya, um, The Knockout, and J. Cole's most recent album. So if you're trying to catch up on new music, Soul and Stereo got your hookup. Nice. And Tom, what's going on with you? know I got Soul? Not too much. I was trying to check out Maya at B.B. King's. Unfortunately, B.B. King's is closing down. That was one of my favorite venues to cover shows over the years. Uh, unfortunately, her performance began at 1.30 a.m., and uh, this old man can't, cannot – I can't stay up for that anymore like I could back in the day. So uh didn't get a chance to see that. But Maya will be the last R&B artist who performs at B.B. King's in New York City. It's a sad day. Other than that, um, not too much going on. I know you've been doing more so of the interviews, Kyle. Any others coming up? Um, Not that I'm aware of them. Definitely going to work on a couple, but wait, did you say Maya's show was at 1.30 a.m.? Started at 1.30. Who's God. there at 1.30? I don't know, man. <laughs> man, 
Um, no, I don't think I have any interviews coming up. Um, I might be checking out Ed's favorite artist, Khalid's um, show this week. Got to check yeah. out the young R&B stars. Um, Ed, you like that new song by him, don't you? Oh, I love that new song by him. The new song is tremendous, but everything else, you better bring your pillow. Oh, man. Yeah, he had, he had that new record with uh, Ty Dolla Sign and I think uh, Black, right? Yeah, and for some reason, that song is, oh, it's, it's tremendous. It's the best thing he's ever done. So I don't know if that was just a blind squirrel finding a nut or we have turned the corn. But either way, good for him oh. rocking with that song at least. Yep. I mean, a lot of new R&B stars are starting to emerge on the scene. Like, we keep talking about LMA, and her record, Boot Up, is, like, number five on Urban now, so it just continues mm-hmm. to blow up. Actually, that record is interesting, and, you know, we don't want to make this podcast too long because I know everyone wants to go watch The Avengers, but this record doesn't follow any formula that we see today. It sort of sounds like an album track from, like, ten years ago. It does, but for some reason it's, it has resonated with listeners, and I just think that, and this is what I've always said, even if the music isn't trendy, if it's well done and it actually can be presented to artists, it will find an audience. The problem is there are so many good songs out here that the the fans don't know about because it's not presented to them. So if you give it to them, there's a chance that they will at least latch on to it, and I think that's what happened here. Yeah, and Tom, you were talking to our uh, buddy Zeppelin about this song and how the streams really helped with the success of this record, right? Yeah, we're having a big shift in the industry. You know, we didn't even know what LMA looked like. We didn't see her on TV, you know, and we haven't really... I don't even know if she had a video before she put this one out, but really the younger artists are shifting a lot towards streaming because kids aren't listening to radio as much, even though she's had a strong impact on radio. You know, we got to now start checking his playlist to see what's What's really getting the plays? Absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of R&B to come, a lot of R&B that's already been released, including the Drake record with Lauryn Hill. I'm just kidding. It's just a Drake record. Um, but hmm. we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens moving forward. But until then, I want to give a quick shout out to Stokely for joining us on the Soulback Podcast. We'll be back next week with another guest. Um, but until then, guys, I guess this is it, right? All right. This is it. Play a go watch All right. before the spoilers hit you. <laughs>